Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 22 of Baki Taki, Clash of the Alpha Males. That's also what this episode of the podcast will be, because we've got Scott back on the, on the pod. Say hi, Scott. Glad to be back. <laughs> All right. I knew, I knew when I had this episode I needed to get um, another alpha male on here to discuss what is probably my least favorite episode of the season so far but i did I, I think it had a lot of highs and lows i've already asked we, we've already introduced you onto the podcast before so just as a as a different fun question since in, in between your two episodes um have you watched any other baki have you been thinking man i gotta i gotta watch some of this show or has no, it completely I'm... faded out of your mind the second you start there's 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 a big gap of of Baki and then no Baki and now I'm back to Baki yeah no that seems like a fair description <laughs> oh my god this is weirding me out uh, we're, do- we're doing this call on zoom on like discord so I can see my face as I'm as I'm recording which is oh sorry uh, oh no that's fine maybe maybe it'll maybe I'll be even better because I want to like perform for myself um <laughs> we'll, we'll let the viewers find out um all right, so Scott, uh, this episode has a lot going on in it. I thought it'd be fun to have you back on because I don't think any of the characters from your episode show up in this one at all. Um, so I, I thought it'd be fun to just give you a bunch of random characters. So we'll just uh, we'll just dive in. So do you want to do you want to describe how the episode starts uh, in the in the telephone booth? Okay, wait. Did they change the intro since the last time I watched this? Ah, that's yeah. My, that's yeah, my every- question. Every every thirteen episodes or so, we get a new intro and outro theme. Okay, because it's like very, like it's extremely muscly. Like, like the the intro now is just like very, uh, very homoerotic. Just this dude kicking and punching the air, all you know, just like black and white chiaroscuro mus- muscles going. Yeah, it's a it's a new new thread in the uh, in the Baki aesthetic. If I thought if, if, a few weeks back, or a few, it was actually one of the earlier episodes. I was asking my mom what she thought of the podcast, and she thought a lot of your friends know the term homoerotic. <laughs> <laughs> Comes up a lot. <laughs> uh, it's truly the underpinning theme of male friendship. Yeah, no the the new theme is um it's. It's probably my least favorite opening. I think it's like way too intense, and um, I, 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 the the animation is sort of a bit uncanny of Baki moving around. I, I like when oh, he's doing yeah. the kicks, but the the rest of it, um, not a big fan of. Yeah, Baki's way bigger than he was before. Like when I last watched this, forgive me, by you know, bef- when I saw him last, he's a different person now. He's had sex, um, so now oh. he's he's a lot he's a lot stronger now. Yeah, well, good for him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, okay, so moving past the theme song, the episode starts with um, two, two large men and one small man in a phone booth. You may be bigger than me, but in this tight space, that's you no advantage. In fact, it's a disadvantage for you. So, I gotta go. Don't you dare hang up on <laughs> Where, What did you think was going on? <laughs> I thought it was an elevator, because <laughs> um, isn't it moving? Like the, or 
no i guess i guess at some point it gets thrown up into the air uh, yeah but yeah i thought it was an elevator that had just somehow made its way out of the shaft no because i a little bit like like i don't really know what the scale of these dudes is um they're extremely large and i like there are people who are like half of their size or less and yeah. you're like damn okay so this dude must be 12 feet tall so that's why i thought it was an elevator i was just like yeah they're probably like eight ten whatever feet tall um standing in this elevator completely filling it up and then there's this poor little unfortunate dude that they're kind of smushing on the bottom but then later on one of the one of the large dudes is like oh you're only six two wow jack you're practically a giant now even though i stand six two I have to look up to talk to you. I think you're even taller than Toba now. And I was, so I was really confusing. I was like, oh, this dude's well, that, my That's height. what I was going to say. Yeah, like it's, well, that that is jarring. Yeah, like Kanji Ugari is six foot two, meaning that uh, yeah. Jack Hanma is like six eight or six ten or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess one okay. of the things is like the average person in Japan is going to be smaller than the average person in Canada. So it, it, it maybe yeah. just makes people look. Yeah. Weird. These like European Ubermenches or whatever that they hire to put in their fighting rings. Yes. Um, um, to be fair, Jack Hanma is Canadian. So represent. Okay. Is Jack Hanma one of the dudes in the elevator when we start? Because yes. one of them is. So, so yes. It's, there's the it's, Russian. It's Sikorsky. Sikorsky. Yeah, yeah. the helicopter Sik man. <laughs> yes, Sikorsky and Jack Hanma and a, a, a man who was on his phone before they both walked into the telephone booth. Oh, okay, okay. He's trying to yeah, his girlfriend. That, like, okay, dude on, on his phone, they just kind of dis dismiss. Like, he just suffers the whole time. It's like he doesn't exist. Lied. It's like they yeah. can't see him. Like, yeah. He's just like cursed with pain, basically. He's the Job of this phone booth. Is that a biblical reference or an Arrested Development reference? I I haven't watched enough for Arrested <laughs> Development, but you know I'm a man of the Lord. Okay. My religious girlfriend just dumped me in for a simple little misunderstanding. I mean, if someone was always asking you to embrace the Holy Trinity, what would you think they meant? Job thought it meant a three-way. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, they're just like smushing each other in this elevator, punching each other. The elevator, or sorry, fuck, the, not the elevator, the phone booth yeah. gets like knocked over and the smushed man gets even more smushed as these two giant men are punching each other. Eventually there's like a little flashback where, you know, it reveals the animosity that these two guys have for each other, right? I guess. It doesn't uh, really, or like at least some of the backstory. Well, let's, I guess... let's let's jump back a bit. We'll get we'll get to the flashback just to just to quickly right. cover the mechanics of a fight inside a telephone booth because I'm sure people are interested. Sikorsky says that Jack's at a disadvantage because he's so big, and then punches him a hundred times in the face, but it doesn't do anything because Jack's so big. And then in a move that I wanted to get your thoughts on, if it's physically possible. Jack punches Sikorsky into the ceiling of the of the uh, phone booth, lifting the phone booth and therefore yeah. himself off the ground. Is that it's, is that possible? Yeah, it's weird because they like I think it kind of looked like they the one of them 
made the punch from outside. There's a weird punch that makes it look like he's punching from outside. Yeah. But then he also flies up and out with the phone booth when it gets launched into the air. So it's, I don't know. Um, it, it feels like, because if this is something that's possible, like my mind races to like, I could see this being in the next Fast and the Furious movie. Like they're driving and they're going to hit something. And so Dom punches the roof of the car and they just fly yeah. over it. Yeah, it's a very literal like uh, lifting yourself up by your own bootstraps type move. Um, yes. I, I Like we got to get these guys like doing rocket design or something like that. They would do well in aviation. I'm not I'm not giving them rockets. The first thing they would do with that rocket is throw it at another dude. <laughs> yeah, probably. But what was I gonna say? So yeah, yeah so, so the, I mean then 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 our phone booth lands and they just like squelch this guy. He's just getting smooshed more and more at the bottom. Yeah. Sorry, I'm in your way, guys. Can I go now? Civilian casualties. Very sad. Ah yeah. If you gotta go out, you gotta go out on top like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so after the fight in the um, Jack lands one punch, punches them into the ceiling, flips over the telephone booth, um, walks calmly out of the telephone booth, and of course three men who I assume work for the mob come over and tie a rope around the uh, telephone booth, cart it away, uh, and we see Kanji Igari is back, um, the wrestler who's only six foot two. Yeah. Um, and then we see some flashbacks. Now, just to give context, the reason I think this is the worst episode of the show so far is these flashbacks are just complete scenes from other episodes that they've tinted blue. And oh, they, they take up, like, I'd say a quarter of the episode. It's just verbatim scenes from, uh, from episode three and four also. Like, this is from 20 episodes ago that we're going back to. yeah. Uh, and so they don't even like edit them to give you a best of no like you know maybe a little bit but it's it's just yeah. like it's rewatching scenes <laughs> yeah anyway um so the first scene of course is is sikorsky cutting open uh igari's face uh what what did what did you th what did the the first what did the flashbacks make you think of uh in regards to sikorsky as a character um well he does this move where he picks up a uh like a, a a dumbbell the dumbbell yeah <laughs> yeah because that's the first flashback he picks up the dumbbell and it's got like i mean i'd say like two plates but these aren't like 45 pound plates they're like really thick like so he's, they've got to be like full i don't know 90 pound or whatever pound plates so mm -hmm. it's got two plates on each side and he just picks it up by the one side of it and then swings it like a baseball bat to whap yeah to whap kanji on the head so it was pretty impressive from that point of view mm -hmm. um but also just like totally over the top just like yeah i just the insane macho weightlifter shit it, i don't know it reminded me of the tv show oz because in that show they're always like assaulting each other in the weight room like there's because they're it's set in a prison right and it's very violent that's like if you want to know two things about this show that's what you know but uh just not a not an establishing shot in the weight in the weight room occurs in that show without there being the ominous like oh shit who's gonna get like killed by uh by a 
by some form of you know some type of weight right now how are they going to do it this time see i always i always love that with tv shows like especially like real tv shows i feel like they have like a limited number of sets so like you will reuse a room a lot for certain like in under the dome in the first season they had the salt mines which they just kept going back to for a fight club (laughs) as well (laughs) but I, i like the idea of um a weight room in a prison you'd think they'd close it down if people just kept like hurling weights at each other well that's like the best thing about this like prison because they're basically like yeah this is the experimental prison we're gonna try like giving the prisoners a bit more freedom a bit more autonomy maybe you know this more humane uh version of the penitentiary so it's got this like the idea is that there's this well-meaning liberal running it but then uh all that happens in the prison is just like endless murder Mm. uh homosexual rape and like whatever type of horror you you name it um so it's like why are they just letting his experiment continue to run when the governor is always like if i have another death at this prison uh i'm gonna have to shut it down and then like three people die in the next episode and he's like if i have another death at this prison so it's it's pretty funny in that way I'll have to I'll have to keep an ear open for that show. Maybe maybe that's um that's the type of prison that Sikorsky escaped. You know he just was. <laughs> yeah, he would totally fit in in that TV show, honestly, because <laughs> they're you know they're like oh this these are the Russians and there's you know there's a Russian gang. Yeah. I don't believe that he's really Russian. So yeah, so after. Uh, <laughs> he like there's an does he pick up like a razor blade from the ground or something because he just kind of like so i was very confused when we first covered this but i am now 100 okay. percent confident so sikorsky's big thing is that he has very strong fingers so what he did oh. is he actually sticks out his knuckles and oh uses it yeah, yeah, a, yeah yeah okay and that's also why he's holding the weight, the the giant barbell by like by like just his wrist. You know, it's because his oh, fingers yeah, are so yeah. strong. Okay. Yeah, that's that's Sikorsky's only thing, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you like missed... his hands. <laughs> yeah, no, but not even his hands. It's just grip. Like just, in the last okay. in the last episode, he tried to fight Jack Hanma in a bathroom, and what he did is he jumped onto the ceiling and grabbed onto the fire uh sprinkler system and just hung there because it's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's Masterclass. a one-trick pony who has like a horrible trick but it's like the worst trick yeah. but actually i wish i had good grip strength like that that would be awesome like unironically be the most useful one to have on <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> the best is this is a bit of a spoiler but like after so at the end of this season they do this sort of like where are they now with the prisoners and all of the death row inmates it's like (laughs) like they've all like off screen had huge power buffs and it's like oh he's in a cave now and he can hear you from a mile away things like that Mm -hmm. Sikorsky's he's in a jail cell and it's like the guards just talking and he's like yeah you wouldn't believe it I put a quarter underneath his door and the next day he gave it back and it was folded in half (laughs) come on (laughs) anyway um so it's it's too bad Sikorsky doesn't really get to use much of his finger tricks in this episode um but he wakes so he wakes up um in his telephone booth 
he yeah. realizes of course first that he's upside down which i think is a, a, a hilarious realization where am i feels like i'm moving it's cold probably glass something doesn't feel right i'm upside down they pull back the curtains and he has been wheeled into the underground fighting arena mm-hmm. um now my favorite part of this is they never removed the other guy in the in the telephone booth they just wheeled him into yeah. the arena like did you, did yeah. you catch that <laughs> yeah he's just like the dead fly that they squashed and left on the wall yeah <laughs> yeah it was crazy they pulled the truck in they're like yeah we got two guys here <laughs> like the other guy just has to sort of like casually walk out of the ring what if what if they just made it a tag team fight like it's yeah it's can throw that guy editor steve here i actually misremembered what happened um the guy never got out of the phone booth he might have died in there um all we see is this sad image of the truck backing up with the man still passed out in the phone booth um this is the audio for it. It could be. I mean, it's kind of like, like it kinda has like a bit of a like aquarium or a terrarium vibe when they bring it. And it's like, oh, this is, you know, like the tarantula is going to eat the other one. Because um, it's all lit up and he's in the glass case. Like it's, it's pretty pretty cool it does look like a terrarium especially it's you know you have like multiple uh, organisms living. Yeah. you have like the alpha male and the beta male living yeah it's this. like a whole ecosystem <laughs> what is a predator without its prey it's exactly. like baby oh my god so yeah so it turns out that this whole thing jack hanma inexplicably fighting sikorsky and the mob bringing this man in a telephone booth to the underground arena uh, has yeah. been orchestrated by our good friend, Mr. Tokugawa, the 11th generation businessman. Well, well, Sikorsky. It seems like you're a hit with the fans. Uh, oh, so this is your doing? Yes, Sikorsky. Uh. You can run, you can fight, or you could simply admit defeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It, it, it turns out that Sikorsky has to fight uh, Jack Hanma in front of an audience. Um, yeah. Just looking at the two of them, did you ever think there was a chance in hell that Sikorsky would win? No. Because he got the shit kicked out of him the first time, like in the first five minutes of the episode. Yeah. Then they're like flashback. He had some glory days, but like, buddy, they're not now. Uh, so I didn't I didn't think it was going to go well for him. Yeah. Before, I, I guess I shouldn't jump over that because this is the first time you've seen it. Did you have any comments on the second flashback where um, Sikorsky puts some cups on the guy's head? Or... That's the, like, sushi restaurant one? Yeah. I mean... <sighs> I like... Uh, I like how I like how they, they put, put in the little... Uh, a fighter who only fights on cue is no martial artist and that's his little tagline there and then they come back and you're like oh damn he's about to get his shit handed to him yeah because uh, you're like okay you know they his own words used against him this was debate club he would be checkmated right now that was that was actually my favorite like that was what they were setting up right like he his own yeah. words he's gonna eat his own words but they have this line where they where Jack is in the arena and it and the narrator goes, 
The irony of the situation was striking. The irony was striking. <laughs> but then, because it really wasn't striking, we have to spend five minutes like doing a recap <laughs> so that yeah. we understand what's going on. Just being like, this is the source of the irony. <laughs> yeah. If you'll if you'll pardon me and listen to my thesis, you'll see why the irony is apparent. Yeah, exactly. But then, uh, so, so then after we get out of the flashback, Sikorsky, I wrote in my notes, goes ape mode um, and just starts yeah. yelling. Well, bring it on! Have you, have you ever seen that clip on Survivor where the guy just started, or it might have been like Big Brother or something, but there's like, <laughs> have, you, have you seen it where the guy just starts going like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll send that why, to you afterwards. Why are people like this? Uh, for context, that was wrong. It's actually from VH1's Ton of Cash. The people clap loud when you win a Grammy. They clap louder when you win an Oscar but the people clap the loudest when you fall. And Champ got knocked out today. There are some last words that I'd like to say to the group. I don't know. But Sikorsky just yells. He yells and yells and yells. And I was pretty yeah. impressed by his yells. He, like, rips his shirt off. Um, I think this is the point. Yeah, because the subtitles, I'm sure you've noticed, are not the same as the audio. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they must have, I don't know, they must have just translated them differently. The, what I believe is the subtitles are a direct translation from the okay. Japanese, and the audio yeah. is an attempt to like make it sound like things people would actually say. Oh, okay, okay. Because they... Uh, he just shouts "Davai," which is like "go" in Russian, <laughs> according to the subtitles. But then that's not what he said at all. No. Um, he's like, "Bring it on!" Like a whole, you know, whole spiel. Yeah, I was like, eh, you know, what "Davai" works better, but uh, they're not—they're not trusting our Russian here. No, I don't believe that he's really Russian. Oh, I'll, have, I'll have to keep an eye on that in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> So then uh, Sikorsky starts fighting Jack, punches him a bunch, pushes him into a wall. Um, I think Jack threw him probably 50 feet. Like, it seemed like he threw him from one side of the arena to the other. Yeah, because he, like, he basically lets Sikorsky go ham on him for a little bit, and then he just throws him across the arena, breaks the barricade. Uh, He's just, like, again, just just splatted against the side of the wall, just like, ugh. That's what I mean by highs and lows of this episode. Is like I'm not, I wasn't too interested in Jack fighting Sikorsky. Like Jack yeah. is just, he's just untouchable. Like he, like Sikorsky stabs him with like I don't even know a metal pipe. Like what, what, what was that? There is he like steals someone. He's like, okay, I've been thrown against the wall. I don't have a hope in hell. The ref told me, you know There's what, no man, rules. no rules. Um, you do you. It's to be like, he tries grabbing a nail from the ground, which is like, okay, come on, that's not going to do it. And then he also steals someone's uh, 
cane, which is really just really sharp and also really large. That was someone's cane. Like, yeah, I and it's like the dude that he steals. If he brought that cane, he's gonna scratch up the floors. Oh, well, no, this is in the Ultimate Fighting. Are we talking about the same thing? No, we are. I guess what I mean is, oh, I assume okay. that guy uses that cane in other aspects of his life. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I don't yeah, think he yeah. just takes it to the ultimate fighting arena. Yeah, but it's like the guy he steals it from is like three feet tall, and you're like, "What are you gonna do with that tiny cane?" But then when he gets it down to the arena, it's like much larger. You're like, "Okay, not that tiny anymore." So he has a cane and a nail, and he's like, "All right, this is it. Let's go. Um, we're coming back, big baby." But that doesn't happen. Um, he cannot stab Jack, no, especially not in the washboard abs. Like, yeah, his like washboard abs basically steal armor. Uh, he breaks the cane on him, uh, and it's like, damn, okay. You think you can gut me? You're gonna need something sharper than that. And then what? He just like throws the nail at his face. Yeah, he throws the nail right at his face. And then it, you, it, there's just a squish noise, and you're like, oh, it must have got him. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you can't just throw a nail at it. Like, I would throw a nail, it'd be like, damn, man, stop being annoying. Yeah, um, but you, the, you, You've missed the, like, ten times this season where people have literally plucked out an eyelash and then used it like a blow dart and pierced the skin of other competitors. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, this usually episode, they aim for the eyeball, but... <laughs> this episode i was just like what the hell is the pacing it's just like one fight to another fight to another fight to another fight but what well, by, by which i mean i was like a fight to a flashback of another fight to another fight to another flashback and then yeah. more fights yeah and i was like yeah damn this is just 20 minutes of alphas clashing and um, like you and, need to slow down and what is the driving force here because like obviously like sikorsky theoretically came to japan to taste defeat but he yeah. also doesn't want to be here. I'm getting out of here. This guy's like a freaking tank. Jack Hanma yeah. doesn't want to be here. He's bored out of his mind. It's Jack Hanma is is he the Canadian one you said? Yeah, he's Canadian. Okay. Woo. I yeah. <laughs> Captain Canuck, as we call him. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, Canadian, I, I mean, Canadian hero Jack Hanma. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not versed enough in the uh, the the Baki lore to to speak to their motivations, but uh, I don't know why they come here. Yeah, but I guess what I mean is like without motivation, we are just seeing fight after fight after fight, and like you you, it's tough to yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. No, nowhere is this more apparent. By the way, we didn't say it, but if in case you thought that the nail pierced Jack's flesh, he he grabbed it with his tongue and then uh, turned it into like a cherry stem. Um, yeah, he chews it, he chews it into like a little a little curled up uh, nest. Honestly, on this on this show, you get to a certain point of strength and you just become Bugs Bunny like that. Like, like that is like yeah, that was yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then just like spitting it out. <laughs> absolutely any tunes move and then uh, jack hama gets called back to albuquerque um so in the in the the middle of this fight for no freaking no no real reason he tags out i think because i'm gonna assume that jack was bored i was bored and the author was bored so yeah instead we get a character who's never been mentioned on the show up until now um 20 21 episodes in but he is uh he is from the old old series 
Um, okay. it's, it's Gaia, the master of environmental warfare. Yeah. I was like, damn, what is environmental warfare? It's, uh, it's mostly just throwing uh, sand at people. <laughs> yeah. And then I found out, I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Can, can you give us a but we get we, we, we're going ahead of ourselves. Yeah. They're like, they're like, here's Gaia, Master of Environmental Warfare. And then he's like, I brought a knife. <laughs> and he throws the knife across the arena in like, at like light speed, just like yeah. so fast. Um, and you're like, oh damn, Sikorsky's going to die. He's fucking dead. And then he's like, no, I'm not going to use my knife though. He's like, I brought a gun. <laughs> And then people just boo him. They're like, dude, what the hell? I want my money back. Did you is what the people in the audience are saying? Did you hear one of the lines? Somebody said, This isn't a paintball tournament. Who the hell is this joker? He couldn't beat up my mother. This isn't a paintball tournament. This is a red wop. I want my money back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that well, cause when he came out at first, they're like, Oh, look at this little cuck man. Because he's yeah. kind of small. Yeah, um, he's wearing army fatigues. Yeah, smiling a lot. And like, yeah, I don't know. You would think that like they might be happy because they'd just be like, "Oh, you know what? There's going to be some blood." Like the people who come to the Tokyo Dome Underground Arena are not coming for like a humane evening of sophisticated entertainment. If they're just, it's just like, yeah, this is a smart guy. We're going to watch him get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, um, I'm sure they would be fine with that. Anyways, obviously they don't want to see the gun when he brings that out. And he just kind of shoots it at what I don't know. Just, I it's like, just a he, blank, I think, or not? He just shoots it at the ground, I think. I I don't I think I feel like he shot it at the other wall of the arena or something. But I'm like, dude, you're just gonna shoot someone in the audience. <laughs> Can you imagine going out to like an MMA fight and just somebody shoots the audience? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Relax. I'd never taint my reputation or stoop so low as to use a weapon procured ahead of time. That's the opposite of environmental combat. I mean, once, like, it's like once upon a time, sports were a lot more dangerous to go to, I guess. Malice in the Palace, too. Everyone's, everyone's loaded. Yeah, I'm just going back to when he brings this gun out. He's just like, it's a gun. He just pulls it out of nowhere. Like, just out of literal thin air uh, he hit it, he hit it we, in the environment <laughs> yeah yeah okay i'm like oh good environmental warfare um then he, then, you know, he throws it away he's like that that would be disgraceful i wouldn't do that but yeah, it was just to, it was just to make the point of i'm not the type of guy who uses a gun just like every yeah. other fighter <laughs> yeah yeah and it's also like I, it's just it was really something on Baki was done it was dumb like more more news later right but uh so that, that was that was my take on that yeah well we also forgot that so earlier in the episode Sikorsky showed how alpha he was by ripping off his shirt and screaming and the audience mm. seemed pretty impressed go so, fly yeah. slash bring it on so Gaia um also screams yeah Can you can you describe what made Gaia's scream so impressive, <laughs> Scott? What what was his scream? 
Oh, did you miss? Uh, he just he just screamed into the sky. I, I don't know if he said anything, but he broke all of the glass and the lights in the ceiling. Oh, right, right. Oh my god, fuck yeah, I forgot that. And like everyone's ears are ringing. They're like they're completely deafened. I was again. I was like, what is? mastery of his environment and he's just being here like i will sing you into deafness uh that was that was a cool choice my favorite line was afterwards he said just imagine if i had a microphone yeah i don't don't know if that's how a microphone works um yeah i think i think it's implied he like breaks some of the glass in the uh in the uh, ceiling yeah yeah there's just like distant distant shot of the ceiling and things cracking so yeah. yes, so what we've what we've just, what we've covered so far is that bringing a knife, bringing a gun, that is not environmental warfare. So if you're yeah. in the underground arena, what is environmental warfare? It's just throwing sand. <laughs> um, not well, just I mean, any more, sand. There's more to it than that, but he like he starts throwing sand, and you're like, is this environmental warfare? And then it's like, okay, let's amp this up a little bit. The sand is full of teeth from everyone who's ever lost a tooth in the underground suffering arena. Um, so he's just like throwing teeth, yeah, basically, like handfuls of teeth. He's throwing like, it at like shotgun levels of speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, even a scoop of, of water in my hands would be a powerful weapon sand is even better and he throws the sand at him and it's like oh it's full of teeth and the teeth are like shards of glass yeah and just like scything um sikorsky until he's covered with like a million tiny cuts and he's just bloody all over just you know this giant bloody muscly man um just suffering not doing well I, I'm sure when Sikorsky was doing his martial arts training and like getting really strong fingers and all that, he never thought that a grown man would throw sand at him so hard. Certainly <laughs> not with such force. No. Like, you're right. It would be a lot better if he didn't have such force. If he was just throwing sand at him and just yeah. to brush it off, that wouldn't be that bad. I, I see it as like an indictment on the underground fighting ring. Like, there is so many teeth in that sand. Like, th- they must make millions on ticket sales to this thing. Like, recycle the sand every once in a while. Well, yeah. Like, wouldn't there also just be blood in there if there's, like, this many teeth just sitting yeah. there or fragments? Wouldn't there be... I I mean, I don't know. There are fucking nails in it, as you know? Like, they never clean this place. And they don't pay people for fighting in here, either. It's all people just fighting to be, like, for reputation. This is exploitation, honestly. Yeah, that's pretty exploitative. Do you think they should unionize? What do you do with that reputation? Like, where do I I pay my rent with reputation? (laughs) You tell your landlord that I won in the underground fighting arena. Yeah. And I'm not... Then you you, you tell your landlord that. Then you shoot the ground beside him and you say, I don't need this gun. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I need you to raise my ceilings so they're 10 feet tall. (laughs) Oh man, so yeah, so that's how the episode ends. We get to we get a very ugly shot of Gaia as he throws more sand at Sikorsky, and uh, next week we'll find the thrilling conclusion to um, Sikorsky being even more defeated. This episode was so short. <laughs> it's 
it's because so much of it is just a recap like it, it feels like a clip show yeah yeah it was it was like damn did like nothing happen in that episode except like a series of fist fights and it's like well yeah yeah, yeah. that's exactly what happened a, a man went into a telephone booth got beat up exited the telephone booth got beat up by the same guy and then that guy Continued. tagged out and somebody else threw sand at him yeah that's exactly it i might just edit down this podcast to that like 20 second description <laughs> just just release that yeah three men got into a telephone booth <laughs> two of them left one of them just we don't even know what happened to them jack Hanma is just wandering off again jack Hanma with no motivation this entire season other than beating up guys ah oh, boy any hoot um so that's the episode uh scott uh i asked you last time if you thought baki was a good show i can't remember what it, what was your answer i feel like it was probably a no I, yeah i was i was like i don't know much about this show but i don't think it's good yeah <laughs> now that you have even now that you've watched a worse episode um well that that's gonna be my new question is compared to the first episode which one did you have more fun watching the uh the the original one which was uh spec versus hanayama or man goes into telephone booth well, i mean it's a good question i feel like the spec one has a lot of weird weird stuff going on whereas jack hanma and sikorsky are pretty bland characters comparatively speaking mm-hmm. um so probably probably that one this one i i mean the other one i was like I don't know if it's bad or if I'm just missing the context. Whereas this one, I, I'm just like, yeah, it's kind of bad. Um, even if I had the context, it would kind of be like, can you guys make an episode that's not just like uh, three fight sequences connected together? Like maybe work on your pacing a little bit. It's it that you you just missed all of the Baki Kozue relationship drama that's been driving the season. It it just climaxed to use another um, Uh, fitting word uh, a few episodes back Uh, with baki losing his virginity yeah it was (laughs) baki baki became a man he's finally stopped wasting the first 17 years of his life (laughs) oh yeah no i mean i don't even know anything about baki is the other thing because i haven't really watched uh any episodes of baki in any significant well, in involvement i think he just had like two lines at the beginning of the last one i watched and then it was like bam spec introducing well i'll probably have you on one more time before this this whole experiment ends so i'll make sure that it has uh, that this episode that whatever the next one has baki in it hopefully okay. when he's in jail we can talk more about oz um we love love going to jail yeah well he's in jail all of season four or three depending on how you um divide it Um, yeah you want to talk about wasting 17 years of your life baki (laughs) (laughs) iron mike tyson tells him that so thank you for coming on the uh pod again scott great catching up with you great talking bach um and uh, i already used it that's all the baki we've got to talk (laughs) see y'all next week (laughs) 